Hello everyone, I'm T.D. Worthington, pastor of the Pathway Baptist Church in Goldsboro, North Carolina, and this is Pathlight, and we're so glad to have you tuned in to today's program and hope you will stay tuned for today's entire, entire message. Do you consider yourself a wise person? Today we're going to be taking a look at the scriptures, and the subject is going to be pursuing wisdom. You know, as a born-again child of God, you have access to the wisdom of the ages through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll be talking about that a little bit today, about pursuing wisdom. Fact is, you have already done it on at least one occasion, and it blessed you greatly. So we'll uh, we'll talk about that a little bit today, pursuing, pursuing wisdom. Right now, just before today's message, a song entitled, Mended Wings.
even though our modern world worships at the shrine of human education and human philosophy, fact is our society is becoming increasingly illiterate and morally decadent. Back years ago when William Bennett was the education czar, he released a report noting that in the past 30 years, government spending had increased sevenfold, and yet during that same period of time, there'd been a 560% increase in violent crimes, a 400% increase in illegitimate births, a 200% increase in teenage suicides, and SAT scores had plummeted by an average of 80 points. Now, why is that? Why don't all the great ideas work? Washington seems to be full of ideas, as always, particularly during the election season. You'll have someone running for office, and they're, they're going to talk about all the great ideas they've got. It's going to totally revolutionize the world. It's going to reform our economy, enhance our education, fix our crime. It's going to fix it all. Full of ideas, but yet so few of them really work. They don't work because the so-called wisdom of the world is foolishness to God. Human wisdom, human philosophy is absolutely bankrupt when it comes to solving the problems of the world. Now, you and I, as children of God, if you've ever trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have access to a form of wisdom the world does not have. James 1.5 says this, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. You, you, you know something? If you understand the fact as a parent that if you have a child, and let's just say your child is a toddler, and you carry that child to the park, and maybe it's a park designed for little kids and, and uh, for small children like yours, they've got swings and seesaws and toys out there that they can play on. Now, the fact is, even though you're carrying your child to a relatively safe place, you're still going to keep your eye on that child all the time. Any good parent would do that. You keep your eye on your kid. But at the same time, chances are, if you stay there for any length of time at all, you're going to be giving your child instructions. Let's just say you're there for 45 minutes. You're going to be saying, hey, uh, don't get too close to the road over there. No, you stay over here where the toys are. Stay over here. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. And, and, and you don't get too close to the ditch. You might fall in. You stay away from there. You come back. You come back over here. Don't, don't go over there and play with those bigger kids. You stay here and play. Although you've got your eye on the child all the time, you're still giving them instruction moment by moment to govern their lives, to help protect them, to keep them safe, and to let them, let them know your will for their lives. Now, the same thing is true of God. God did not leave you here on this earth and say, okay, well, fend for yourself. You're on your own. No, his eye is on you all the time. No hair can drop out of your head that God's not aware of it. His eye is on you all the time. Not only that, he's giving you instruction day by day, moment by moment of how to conduct your life. He's not just leaving you here on your own. That's, that, that's not the way it works. You love your children. You watch over them. God does the same thing. He does the same thing. And he speaks to you and he says, no, don't, don't take that job. I know it sounds good, but you don't need to be working at that job. No, no you, you stay away from those people. You be respectful to them. You be kind and cordial to them. But but you don't need to hang around them. They 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 may not hurt you, but they're not good to be around them for your kids' sake. 
No, no, don't make that investment right now. Don't go buy that, that new car, that new house. You don't need to do that. God will give you wisdom day by day. Now, now I'm not saying that there's going to be a, God's going to send a typed up daily agenda on your, and it'll be waiting on your nightstand every morning when you get up. But I'm saying often God will guide you in everything you do. He will give you wisdom because his eye is upon you and he wants you to do his will. God is giving you wisdom. And if there's ever an area of your life that you feel you don't have that wisdom, you need to call upon God. Let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally. Again, that's James 1.5. Now, you shouldn't have any trouble understanding this if you're a born-again child of God because you've already been a recipient of this supernatural wisdom. The Bible teaches us that the natural man, the lost man, the unsaved man, to him the gospel will always be foolish. It was foolish to me before I got saved, and it was foolish to you. The only way you and I can ever believe in the gospel message is if God does a work of wisdom in your heart. If God gives us the gift of faith. Jesus says in John 6, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me, draw him, he says. Again, that's John 6, It is a work of God. You and I would not be saved today. If God had not first imparted to us the wisdom to get saved, the knowledge that I'm a sinner, the knowledge that Jesus died on the cross, God gave me wisdom. I was a recipient of that wisdom, and as I received it and utilized it in my life, it has been a blessing to me. I am saved. I'm on my way to heaven today. I've got the privilege of being a child of God. Why? Because God imparted to me supernatural wisdom. I listened. I heeded that wisdom and I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. So, although we all do dumb things on occasion, certainly I do my share. But if you're a Christian, God has already spoken words of wisdom to you. You listen to those words because you didn't come to Christ, nor did I on our own. That was the Spirit of God speaking wisdom in your heart. You listened. You were saved. Now, that should make it very easy for you and I to believe today that God is continuing to speak to us. God didn't suddenly become a deaf mute when you got saved and say, well, okay, fine, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. No, absolutely, that really began the real fellowship with God. He is still speaking words of wisdom to you. Receiving and following words of wisdom from God led you to salvation. But here's the message. Those same words will lead you in every area of your life if you'll listen and obey. Now, I preached many messages over the years on Proverbs 31. I've spoken about the Proverbs 31 woman. I've even spoken about the Proverbs 31 man, that it takes a special kind of man to be married to the woman mentioned in Proverbs 31. Most men would be totally intimidated by a woman that remarkable takes a special man, the kind of man who would deserve and appreciate such a treasure. Yet, since the passage in Proverbs 31 is often preached on Mother's Day, I've done it many times, and chances are so is your pastor, we often stop short of sharing its deeper meaning. Meaning, you see, the scripture is also about wisdom. It's about more than just the ideal wife. What's wrong with the ideal wife interpretation of Proverbs 31. Well, in a sense, there's nothing really wrong with it. It certainly applies. I understand that. But it falls short. And, and let me tell you why. First off, there's an audience problem. Now, now, the Bible was inspired and preserved for all of us, men, women, boys, and girls. All of us can be benefited by a study of the Scriptures. 
But in studying the scriptures, it is always important to note to whom the original text was addressed. Is this a promise made to Israel or to the church? Is it a promise made to God's people or to those who are not God's people? Uh, Who is this promise made to? Who is this commandment given to? Who is this law given to? Who is this counsel given to? It's important to know that. Now, Proverbs was not originally written to women. It wasn't given to instruct a woman on how they could uh, be a a good wife or or a good mother. I'm not saying you can't learn that. I'm just simply saying it wasn't originally addressed to women. Most believe that Solomon's original audience was the young royal boys who would grow up to be a part of the nobility of Solomon's kingdom. He's instructing young men of how to live a life, hopefully a life filled with wisdom. If the passage isn't written to women specifically, then it's wrong for us to see it primarily as a tool to address womanhood or the problems of womanhood or the problems of being a wife or a mother. The second thing I notice here is there's a context problem. Proverbs is about pursuing wisdom. If Proverbs is about pursuing wisdom, and I think you all would agree with that, then why would the last chapter suddenly change focus and talk exclusively about a godly woman? In reality, the passage most likely is dealing with the virtues of wisdom. But now, taking that wisdom and personifying wisdom as a lady. Lady Wisdom, perhaps. Throughout Proverbs, Solomon has personified godly wisdom for young men as an attractive model woman. Chapter 31 provides the most desirable picture in the book, the clearest illustration of the perfect wife. But the purpose of this passage isn't to put the spotlight on wifely perfection, but on something better than having a perfect wife. You say, what in the world could be better than having a perfect wife? You say, well, salvation, but I'm talking about here on earth. What could be better than having a perfect wife? That is having wisdom, having lady wisdom. That's even better because without wisdom, you don't stand much of a chance of picking the perfect wife. Without wisdom, you don't stand much of a chance of having a good marriage. Without wisdom, you don't stand a chance of having happiness in this world. So Solomon says wisdom is better to pursue than pursuing the perfect woman. But on the same hand, you need to pursue wisdom with the same zeal, passion, and determination that you might pursue the woman of your dreams. But thirdly here, there's a problem with our assumption. Even if you didn't know anything about the audience, even if you didn't know anything about the context, just look at all this woman does. Look at it. She's perfect in every way. She beats the son out of bed in the morning to make food for her husband and all their servants. It's not the servants making food for her. It's her making food for the servants. She stays up all night making merchandise to sell the next morning. She's both a night owl and an early bird. She makes the food, makes the clothes, earns the money, deals with the kids. Makes you wonder what the husband in the world has to do. All he's got to do is sit around at the gate and do nothing because his wife's doing everything. What is left for the husband to do when you're married to the ideal wife? When you're married to Wonder Woman, there's not much you've got to do. The ideal wife interpretation of Proverbs 31 assumes that if we'll look hard enough, guys, if you single guys will look hard enough, you'll find that perfect wife out there somewhere, and she'll be just like the Proverbs 31 woman. I got news for you. You're not going to find her. There are no perfect wives, just as there are no perfect husbands. Now, Now, I believe in my life, I believe Sherry is perfect for me. But that does not mean she's perfect in every way, 100% of the time. Why would God inspire Solomon 
to write a whole book about pursuing wisdom and finishing it by saying, of course, of course, you won't need all that if you simply marry a wise woman, and then you probably won't need your own personal wisdom anyway. Just uh, let her make all the decisions, let her do all the work, and you'll be off the hook. The wisest thing to do is marry the perfect woman, and then you can just sit around and be an idiot if you want to. No, that's not what he's saying. I believe what Solomon is teaching is how beautiful, precious, and incredibly wonderful godly wisdom is. Solomon pleads with the young men to desire wisdom the way they desire the perfect wife. Be passionate about acquiring wisdom just as you would be passionate about acquiring the woman of your dreams. And Solomon's perfect woman shows us just how amazing wisdom really is. I'm sure Solomon's there with his young men. And maybe an attractive woman walks by and he sees them all, all these young men, they all look at her. You know, they gaze at her as she, as she walks across. She said, Solomon, I can picture Solomon says, she's pretty, isn't she? Uh, yes, sir. She sure is. Uh, I understand. She's very intelligent, very sweet. Uh, yeah. She'd make someone a good wife. Yes, sir. She, she sure, she sure would. Solomon said, let me tell you something. I'm sure she's a fine young lady, but let me tell you something that you should pursue just as zealously, with just as much passion, with just as much desire, wisdom. Because wisdom is beautiful and better for you than, than that lady, no matter how wonderful she is, is going to be. Solomon's picture of the perfect woman shows us just how amazing wisdom is. More precious than jewels, Proverbs 31.10. Treasure might give us purchasing power and security. Jewels can get us houses and vacations and fine food and quality clothes. But wisdom can purchase what no jewel can. He says, be passionate about acquiring wisdom. As you study the book of Proverbs, you find that wisdom affords emotional and spiritual security. Proverbs 3.24. Good decision-making skills. 12.8. Honor and esteem from those around us, Proverbs 31, 23. The ability to be a good father or mother, 22, 6. Trust from our spouse, 31, 11. The ability to do good and bless those around us, Proverbs 31, 12. Wisdom can purchase us the ability to live soberly, Proverbs 23, 20. To forgive, 17, 9. To love more deeply than we ever could without it, chapter 10, verse number 12. Can give us a clean conscience and a good night's sleep, Proverbs 3, 24. Wisdom also blesses the whole household. When wisdom abounds, work is carried out more diligently. Proverbs 31.15. Finances are handled more profitably. 31.16. Wisdom dresses herself in strength, offering you protection. 31.17. Then at night when you go to sleep, wisdom does not. 31.18. She continues to watch over you because her lamp does not go out by night. Her candle does not go out by night. Even Listen, even the best wife needs a break once in a while. But Lady Wisdom does not. Because wisdom is always at work on your behalf. Wisdom never sleeps. Wisdom, if you have it, will be there for you in the wee hours of the night, in the early morning, in the cool of the day. Wisdom will be there for you to give you guidance, direction, and protection in life. And Solomon says that is better Lady Wisdom not only blesses her household, but her community as well. She benefits the poor and the needy, 3120. Offers those around her protection from the harsh winter weather, 3121. Lady Wisdom brings honor to those who embrace her. Just being in a relationship with her gains you esteem in the city, 3123. She's kind, she's caring, Proverbs 3126. Lifting up and restoring 
those around her. Wow, what a priceless jewel Lady Wisdom is. Because Lady Wisdom doesn't only show young men the value of being wise. But did you notice something else as I was reading there? What were you thinking about? If you're a born-again child of God, you, you know, well, I was thinking about wisdom. I was thinking about the, this woman the, who is uh, wisdom who is being personified as a woman. Yeah, but did you notice something else? Her perfection foreshadows our wisdom available to us from Jesus Christ. First Proverbs 1.30. Can I read to you? But of him... Are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption? Did, did, did you get a hold of that? We are in Jesus Christ, who of God is made unto us wisdom. If you've got Jesus Christ today, you've got access to wisdom far better than the lady wisdom mentioned in Proverbs 31, as wonderful as that is. You say, you say I, don't, I don't understand. You know, I just went over a long list a moment ago of all the things that wisdom can do for you. But, but, but can you think, let me ask you, can you think today of someone else who works for you around the clock, even as you sleep? According to Romans 8.34, that would be Jesus Christ. Okay, well, who else offers you something more valuable than jewels? Well, according to John 14.6, that would be the Lord Jesus Christ. Who else denies himself that you might be blessed? According to Philippians 2.7, uh, that would, uh, yeah, that again, would be the Lord Jesus Christ. Who else takes on burdens that you may be praised? 1 Peter 2.24, again. That would be Jesus Christ. Who else brings us all these blessings just from being in a relationship with him? All you got to do is be in a relationship with him. John 3, 16, Jesus Christ. Who was it that took the shame of God's wrath on the cross so that you might be praised by God in the eternal gates? That would be, again, Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I can sit at the gate of the city, the gate of the city of heaven, just like it's talked about in Proverbs. Why? Because I have a relationship with wisdom, Jesus Christ. Now, ladies, that, that doesn't mean that, that we're all let off the hook. It doesn't mean that there's nothing that a wife can learn in Proverbs 31. Absolutely not. It doesn't mean there's nothing young men can't learn from Proverbs 31 about pursuing the right kind of a woman. Absolutely not. But I'm just simply saying there's much more here, not just for wives and husbands and children and singles. There's a lot more there. All men and women who embrace lady wisdom through Jesus Christ will be blessed in this life and in the world to come. Heed Solomon's counsel. Embrace wisdom. Pursue wisdom. Desire wisdom. Don't just take her for a time. Commit your life to her the way a man would commit himself to the perfect wife. And you shall be, you shall be blessed. So what I've shared with you today is simply this. If you are a child of God, wisdom is available to you. If any of you lack wisdom, James 1, 5 again, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given. 
The Bible says you need wisdom. Ask God. He can give you wisdom. Ask Him. He'll give, he'll give you wisdom. And to pursue and to obtain the wisdom of God is more precious than you could ever, ever imagine. Far more precious, far more precious than the kind of wisdom that Solomon was talking about, even though, even though that was very precious. And it should be easy for you to do because you've done it one time. You embraced the wisdom of God when you received Christ as your Savior. You listened to God and you were blessed. And you'll be blessed eternally because one time, perhaps for some of us years ago, years ago, you listened to God and you heeded the wisdom of the Almighty. I remind you today, that same wisdom is available to you in every single decision you make. Solomon taught the young men. He said, you need to pursue wisdom. Just like you would pursue, oh, if you see your soulmate, you say, oh, she's my soulmate, and you would pursue her. Solomon said, you need to pursue wisdom the same way. As much of a rewarding life as you could have being married to that young lady over there, how much the better if you and wisdom become one. And that will help you choose that perfect wife and live that life. And that wisdom is available to you and I today through our relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to thank you for tuning in to today's program. We always say if our programs are a blessing to you, we would enjoy hearing from you. And again, I will mention, if you uh, enjoyed the program today, or perhaps you have a friend or a neighbor, you say, you know, I think they, they get something out of the message today. I think it might help them. These messages are available on the uh, Facebook site of Pathway Christian Academy, Christian Bible College, and Go Makes Christian Radio. It's also available on the Pathlight Podcast. If you'll check that out, the Pathlight Podcast, and not only will you find this message, but you'll find archives there from many, many months going back of our messages that we've shared on the Pathlight program. Until next time, this is T.D. Worthington saying, May God richly bless you is my prayer. You have a wonderful week. Walk in wisdom as you walk with the Lord.